I want to encourage us. Let us lift up our eyes unto the Lord and look unto his favor. He says, he gives us beauty for ashes. That is Isaiah 61 verse 3. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, even as we go in to share the, uh, the aspects of the parable of the sower, as we finalize with the good ground, mighty King of glory, these conditions that are in our midst right now, some who are online, on Zoom, and they are listening unto the sound, my sound this day, Father, I speak these words as you spoke them unto my spirit in the name of Jesus. And I speak peace to every troubled heart. I speak peace to every troubled family. I speak peace to every troubled business. I speak peace to every troubled heart and every troubled soul in the name of Jesus. I declare peace. Be restored even this particular day for the glory of God. I speak blossoming. For the sake of your children, our Father. For the blossoming of their families, blossoming of their relationships. In Jesus' mighty name, let there be peace. I speak peace to every fearful heart. I break the yoke of fear from the lives of your children. Fear of the unknown. Fear of the known. Fear of the darkness. All forms of fear that the enemy has been bringing upon God's people. I break those fears in the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak peace. Peace, peace in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak calm for the lives of your people. And right now I break the yoke of heaviness, the yoke of mourning, the spirit of mourning and the spirit of sorrow. Your, your influence and manipulation over God's children comes to an end for the Lord encamps round about his house. And he breaks the yoke of the oppressor. You will not oppress anymore. I speak release. I speak release over the lives of your people as I declare healing and restoration in soul, in body, in spirit for the honor and for the glory of God in the highest. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now quickly, just as we move on, the word of God we have been sharing from the book of Luke chapter 8 verse 4 to verse 15. You have heard those words over and over and over again. But they keep on being pumped into my spirit that speak these words, speak this, speak them over. So I've learned to be obedient. I will speak it yet once again. Luke chapter 8, verse from verse 4, from verse 4, the word of God says the following. And when the great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and it, as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not hear, and they may not understand. Now the parable is this. 
The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones who fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and a good heart, they keep it and bear fruit with patience. Once again, verse 15. But the ones that fail on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, they keep it and they, are, they bear fruit with patience. Now we have stated before in the weeks that have gone by, if you have not listened to those messages, you can listen to them on the podcast. But we have already stated that every farmer is attracted to a land that has good soil. Remember that. And conversely, therefore, we say God himself, he is a farmer. And he seeks good soil. God himself is a farmer. And he seeks to be able to have good soil. Here, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen, verse nine. The word of God says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him." That's what Chronicles chapter, Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 tells us. And I repeat again, God is a farmer and he is seeking for good soil. And as we have been studying all along, that the soils, they represent mainly your heart and my heart. You and I, we have an inbuilt capacity to attract or to repel the kingdom of God. We have that capacity in our in, in, in we have that capacity in our own in our own being. Just you know, in, in, just as the word of God says in First Peter chapter three verse twelve, if you realize the word of God says, "For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil." So the capacity for for us to attract or repel the kingdom of God resides in our hearts, each one of us, whether we are believers or we are not believers. Realize this parable is spoken to believers, to disciples. It is not spoken to unbelievers. It wasn't spoken to people who didn't fear God. It was spoken to those who had acknowledged him and they were following him. But he tells them exactly that. Now realize, again we say, we have said that, you know, an open and a teachable heart is a great treasure. And the Lord loves such. If you look at Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. An open and a teachable heart is able, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind and my mind. We have got to have an open and a teachable heart if God is going to be able to enable us to receive the word of God. And that's the challenge that he's giving unto you and unto me. Look in Psalms 32 verse 9. I'm laying a foundation on the issue of the good ground. Psalms 32 verse 9. The word of God says, Do not be like the horse or like the mule, the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. This is God speaking. He says, do not be like the horse or the, or the mule, which have no understanding. He's speaking to you and unto me as his children. There are times we behave like the horse and the mule. We hear the word of God and we refuse to understand. We insist on knowing our own path. No wonder that he speaks across unto us and admonishes us in love. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. Be ready to hear, have an open heart that is able to receive the word of God and be able to stand in its gates. We say last week that, you know, that the issue of the washing by the word of God. And I encourage us to continue standing under the shower of the word of God. For that is the one that cleanses you and makes you clean before God. The blood of Jesus is for our redemption. It has sealed the covenant. You are bought, purchased. The price was paid by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he has released that one for your washing and for my washing. When I sin, it is the one that corrects me. The blood of Jesus will not correct you. It is the word that comes to correct you and rebuke you or rebuke me. So that you realize, oh, I'm in the wrong. So that I come back on the way and I'm able to walk. But the blood has already purchased me, has purchased you. It has been paid. The covenant has been sealed by the blood. And now the blood speaks the word. It speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. For your sake and for my sake. To wash us and to cleanse us and to strengthen us in the grace of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So avail yourself unto, unto the word. Now here and then one the other thing is now the parable of the sower, as we move in now into it, is key, I say, to understanding the emergence or the realization or manifestation of the kingdom of God. To understand this particular parable, if you grasp it, you are starting, you are basically receiving the key to be able to access. The kingdom, the manifestation of the kingdom of God. You realize it is in that particular parable after he has spoken unto the disciples that he tells them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying? That in this parable that I am giving unto you, here is one of the deep secrets of the kingdom. And to you it has been given to know this particular secret. So he encourages and so he, he, he lays out the issues of the four different types of grounds that, you know, that are manifested in the lives of God's people. And that the, the essence that he comes to me, I was thinking, I said, you know, remember one thing, that you can or you may have the key to enter or unlock 
your destiny or the purpose, the purposes that are set forth for your life. But unless you put that key into the lock and turn it, you'll remain outside of your destiny, you'll remain outside of your purposes, you'll remain outside of what God has planned and desired for you. You must take the key and turn that particular lock and then you open the door and enter into the favor, into the blossoming that God has ordained for you. Realize it has been saved. But I say this is not your lot. It has been said that the cemetery is the richest place on earth because it has got the wonderful dreams and you know and visions and water view that have been buried away because they were never realized. The key was never turned in the locks of those particular people. But I declare over you, Hope Community Church West London, that shall not be your lot in Jesus' name. Each one of you will get your key, and you have your key in your hands. You will turn that particular lock in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God. So, so far, and today we are mainly laying that particular foundation, we have seen that all the other grounds have one thing in common. They resist the word. That is, the wayside or the hard ground just does not receive the word. That is one. The rocky ground cannot sustain the word. It lacks moisture. The word enters into one ear. There is no moisture to absorb or to hold it in place. It, there is so elation and happiness, but within no time it is gone out of the other ear and it is forgotten. That is the rocky ground. The thorny ground, we say, it is the, the one that wants to enjoy both, both sides. Wants to enjoy the kingdom of God. Wants to enjoy the, the, you know, the, the, the world. And hence, it does not bring any fruit to maturity. But finally today, the good ground yields to the word of God. If you go to John chapter 1 verse 29, the Bible is speaking, or John speaking of Jesus, John the Baptist speaking of Jesus. He says, but the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He looked at him and he marveled. There was something about this particular precious one. As he approached him, he just told his disciples, wow, look at the Lamb of God. That humbleness, that meekness, that willingness, it could be seen in his work, in his appearance. They, it, 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 it was, it, John could see it, that this one is totally yielded to God, totally yielded to the will, totally yielded to the word of God, the good ground. God had already found a good ground to manifest himself through. And I want you to look at yourself as I look at myself. What is said of you and what is said of me when people look across, when you appear in the, on the scene and they look, what do they see? Jones looked at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, this one who is available for God to use. Can the same be said of you and of I? We are start, starting to touch the good ground. John speaks again. Jesus now speaks of himself in John chapter 8, verse 29. And he says, And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Hear his word. 
and he has called you and I to be like him. The good ground, it yields to the word. That is, his eyes go to and fro in the earth, seeking the one in which it can be able to manifest itself. And yet, he found one, and that is his son. When he appeared, he says, he has not left me because I always do what pleases him. What is that telling us? When he finds the good ground, whether it is you or me, no one thing, he is not going to go away. He holds on like a tick, a worse than a tick. There's nowhere he's going to live. Why? This is where I want to be, says the Lord. And he will start manifesting himself in that particular place because this ground is yielded unto him. It does not resist him. I want you to ask yourself as I ask myself, am I truly yielded to his word? Realize he never comes in person and you see him coming. He always comes by his voice and by his word. And as it comes into your ear or into your spirit, how do you receive it? Think about it. Think about those particular words. And again, once again, in Matthew chapter, chapter 3, verse 17, as we lay the foundation of the ground, this is what the Father says. Now the word says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven, that is at his baptism, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We have said before that, that there is something that tickles the heart of the Father. When something beautiful appears on earth, he has such an interest on earth, with earth and with man and woman. He's so much interested in us that he, keeps, he kept on looking around, looking around. Where will my word manifest itself? Suddenly by Jordan, something came out of the waters. And as it came out of the waters, the father looked down and said, Wow, my good ground. For the first time, he speaks out. After many, many years of silence, he shouts out and he says, This is my beloved son. Out of nowhere, he just booms out his voice into the spirit of John. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. The good ground. He had discovered the good ground. It releases the voice of God to come. My brother and my sister, if you have been looking for the voice of God, if you have been looking for the revelation of the word of God, I want you to look in your heart as I look in my heart. That ground, the moment it appears, the voice of God will speak. That moment the ground is ready and is made manifest, the word is sent forth because he has been sending forth the word. He keeps on throwing the word across the whole earth and it keeps on bouncing so many grounds because so many grounds are hard, rocky, or thorny. But when it finds the place where it is able to go in, the place is prepared. That's why I'm continually asking us, let us ask for the rain. Ask for the rain. It will prepare your ground. And briefly, we are almost through on this particular laying of the foundation. Remember what Jesus says in that particular verse 8, where it says, He who has ears, let him hear. That is, remember from the beginning, when the word first appeared on the, on the face of the earth, when the first, the first time the word appeared in the universe, 
a paradise was made for man and for woman. The moment, the first time the word appeared, it resulted in a paradise for, human, for mankind. That's how much he loves you and how much he loves me. And in Eden, in the Garden of Eden, it was a manifestation or, dem or demonstration of what happens when the word finds a good ground. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that is placed unto the side, good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Every particular good thing was in that particular garden because the word had found a good ground. And if the word finds a good ground in you and in me and my house, in your house, in this church or in any other church, greater things are going to happen in this particular city. And that's what I keep on hearing over and over in my spirit. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are yet to happen. For the honor and for the glory of his name. What you have been seeing impossible. I want you to start setting yourself. Because great things are going to happen. For the honor of his wonderful name. That's why he's opening our hearts. And to this particular parable of the sower. Preparing you and preparing me. Because you and I. We are going to be of use. In his right hand of righteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ. And least of all, after, he, after the fall, remember what happened. The word kept on going forth to and fro. It has visited so many various grounds with a desire to find rest. Until it found one woman with the name of Mary. And the word was able to blossom again. She brought forth Jesus. And that's why you and I are here at this particular time. Because the word found some good ground. My brother, my sister, next time, whichever time it is that the Lord grants us, we will be able to continue now with what is then the good ground. I've just laid out the foundation. Go home and think about it. Pray on it as you ask the Lord for the rain that your ground and my ground will be prepared because great things are yet to come. Great things are about to happen in this city in Jesus' name. Amen.